0: Welcome to Your Brand Amplified, the podcast where we interview marketers, publicists, and brands to learn their stories, what makes them tick, and tips and tricks that make a difference. Welcome to this episode of Your Brand Amplified. I'm Annika Jackson, and I'm here with Charles Breck, who has an amazing platform that he's created called Legislate. So Charles, before we get into your platform, thank you for coming on the show today. And please tell us a little bit about. You and your background, and what led you to your journey today. Thank you,
1: Anika, for having me. Um, so, I'm Charles Breck, founder of Legislate. I'm not a lawyer. I think that's important <laughs> to say right in yes. the beginning. Um, I actually have a background in engineering and business development, mm. but it was whilst I was doing business development that I interacted with contracts frequently and that I encountered uh, lots of delays. Uh, On the legal processing side, Mm. um, it would take weeks, sometimes months for contract amendments to be approved and negotiated. And the tipping point for me was we were losing contracts post legal negotiation because during the course of the negotiation, the buyer would get promoted, would lose budget or simply lose interest. Um, So what we're trying to do at Legislate is empower business users like myself to create lawyer approved contracts mm-hmm. without getting legal involved at every single step so that we can sign contracts faster. But what we also do, which is to a certain extent a second problem, um, is post-signature, it's always a pain to track the data in the contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, and we make it very easy. Um, so again, so that if you've just signed a contract and your customer success team wants to know what they're implementing or your finance team wants to know when do we invoice and what are the payment terms, it's very easy for them to get that data without needing to chase or crawl through uh, PDFs.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah, that is definitely an issue. And I think there are so many different systems out there. Um, I mean, you can use DocuSign to sign, you can use Adobe Acrobat you know, PDF to sign documents. There's Rocket Lawyer, there's other systems, LegalZoom, other things out there. What makes Legislate unique to the market?
1: Yeah, you're right. There are plenty of uh, incumbents. But I think, first of all, we wouldn't consider ourselves a e-signing platform. Mm-hmm. Um, the great thing about e-signatures there is it's very easy to sign, but it's also very easy to sign something that you haven't read or that right. you don't understand, <laughs> um, which can be uh, quite fatal for businesses. For um, and I think companies like Rocket Lawyer and, and LegalZoom have done a great job at um, democratizing access to templates. But um, I feel that a, a, a template always needs to be tailored to a certain extent.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, it's it's very tempting for a business user that uses those services to try to DIY and that tailoring themselves, yeah, um, mm-hmm. which can be messy and dangerous. So what we try to do is offer an end-to-end contracting experience, mm-hmm provide the templates, allow you to tailor them more flexibly and, and at a more granular level than any of the template providers. And we offer the e-signature so that you can sign, but also then track your contracts. And it's not just tracking start dates, end dates, or any form of metadata that you might be able to get with um, other platforms. It's really tracking the granular data in your contracts. So for example, you can find out or uh, we'll answer questions like, "How many uh, mutual NDAs that I do I have to discuss a potential partnership?" Or what is the average confidentiality term of those partnership NDAs? Um, we can we make that data usable, queryable, uh, so that you can really get a 360 view of what your business's rights and obligations are at any point in time.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think, particularly, I can see the case use for companies that have all the different people that you're talking about. So this goes to the contract people, this goes to the finance team, You know, this goes to the implementers. But I think also for small entrepreneurs who kind of do it all ourselves and maybe have a few key team members, um, this is also really helpful because to your point, how many MBAs have I assigned <laughs> with other people? And they're all on different platforms. So being able to pour, put them into one system... I could see that being very usable um, and a great way to be able to source all of the data, as you're saying. Um, and so you did this. You're not a lawyer, as you said. Um, so you're, you're not the technical person. You're the business development person. You, but you realized in working with different businesses that this was something that was needed. And you saw the need. You filled it. What were some of the things uh, that you learned along the way? What were some of the bumps um, and bruises that you got and some of the good things that happened out of creating this platform and going on that journey yourself.
1: Yeah, um, I think I, I definitely wish maybe uh, that I was a bit more of a lawyer or that oh. <laughs> I was a bit more technical, um, more so that I could um, maybe uh, move, move faster or at least grasp mm. certain things uh, faster or be less uh, dependent on, you know, technical team or a legal team. But I think um what I'm fortunate is I have been um from the beginning working with uh, a legal team and a technical team. And um and I think it it's in a way not having those skills um uh, or at least not having not being as much of an expert in law or tech has also enabled me to um stay grounded with the users that we're helping mm. because. We we're not trying to optimize lawyers or legal teams, right. which is what the majority of um, legal tech platforms do. And we 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 really want to offer um, a complete experience to the business user, which means that we we really need to understand what is their end to end workflow. Um, so I, I think it really understanding who you who your product is for, what your your values are. Um, and, and what are the key benefits to them is, is really important. And the best way to do that is to put yourself in your um, ideal uh, customer's shoes.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So this is your first startup uh, of your own. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. What are some of the um, things that continue to inspire and motivate you to continue down this road and to keep helping other companies and figure out what's next.
1: I think um, when you're an entrepreneur, uh, every day is different and uh, every day, um, every time you kind of reach the next milestone, um, another milestone kind of creates Mm. itself, (laughs) uh, which means that um, although we've got a, a reasonable client base, um, a great product, there's still so much that we need to do. And I think that uh, until everyone around the world is is using legislate uh, for all different types of contracts, and maybe even beyond contracts, um, I'll I'll still want to to continue building because at the end of the day, whilst we're not trying to uh, compete with lawyers um, or, you know, remove lawyers completely, uh, what we're really trying to do is, first of all, Allow lawyers to focus on the strategically questions that they're good at answering. Mm -hmm. And then kind of everything else, which is drafting or tracking, whatever, we want that to be done by legislate and in the hands of business users. So I'd say until we've kind of reached that state, um, I'll I'll still be motivated to solve this problem because uh, it's a real problem that that costs businesses uh, billions every year. Mm
0: Yeah. And now you're based in the UK, but I'm assuming Legislate, as you're alluding to, is available for anybody, anywhere.
1: So that's the plan. Um, I mean, we are still right now just in the UK, although we do have some customers around the world. Um, But the key reason is because, uh, at least for the majority of our clients, they're using our templates, Mm -hmm. which are governed by the laws of uh, the UK. Mm. But um, that doesn't mean you can't do an English law contract being based outside of the UK. Um, and we've got, for example, some clients in Australia. Um, so, so ultimately it's uh, starting with the UK for now, but over the next 12 months, um, broadening our scope also to um, the US.
0: Yeah, yeah I imagine um, because the laws are different everywhere. And then when you get not only into the country, but state by state, sometimes <laughs> it can yeah. get overly complicated.
1: Yeah, and and I think that's where our technology is is great. It we use AI to map all those rules and complications, um, and our our platform is uh, jurisdiction agnostic. It's just because we right now we provide the templates that we need to do it in a responsible way. So when we do go to the U.S. and we would probably partner with local uh, lawyers in each state or the state that we choose to enter, mm-hmm. so that the templates can be lawyer approved and on our system but um again when a when a clients have their own legal teams then we um give them the permission to add their own contracts
0: very nice okay i'm gonna follow up with you because i have a couple of people for you to talk to um
1: okay.
0: for i went your ball out into the united states <laughs> so yeah be, so you worked with legal you worked with tech you're able but not coming from not either of one of those backgrounds necessarily, you're able to really think about what we need as entrepreneurs. And I'm sure also working with startups, they were able to give you a lot of good feedback as well. What was um is there anything surprising that any of the people who are using the system have said that was, you know, either a good surprise or something that you went, oh, I need to work on that aspect of my of my company?
1: Absolutely. I think um it's always the um the things that you don't think of that users appreciate the most. Um, it could even even though e-signatures aren't core to what we do, mm-hmm. users want to be able to sign easily, whether that's mm-hmm. on their phone or um, on their desktop, and they they want responsive contracts. I think that's something which we've done from the beginning, but it wasn't necessarily uh, a key feature that we thought they'd appreciate. Oh. Um, I think the the other um, aspect is that. Um, When I started, the company it was coming from contract negotiations which were collapsing. Um, So it was all about how do we facilitate that negotiation. Ah. But um, one thing that we kind of noticed very early on is our initial user base was coming to the platform with terms that had already been negotiated. So um, they weren't necessarily interested in negotiating those terms. further on our platform, it was more just to... Um, configure the contracts based on the negotiated parameters that they've done outside of the platform, um, which it wasn't the end of the world, but um, it was just <laughs> something that uh, I hadn't quite anticipated.
0: Yeah, no, that's very interesting. So is your team primarily also based in London? Are they remote? Is it a little bit of both?
1: We have uh, two teams, one in London in the office and uh, the other team in Seville, Spain, also uh, in an office. We we have two two offices.
0: Nice. Yeah, and how is that working remotely? I know that it's something that we're all facing. And during the pandemic, we all kind of had a pivot to this new work environment. And I think many of us are still figuring out what that right mix is of in-person versus virtual and how to make sure that we're working really effectively with our teams.
1: Yeah, I, I think um, although we have a... Uh, a team in another location i i wouldn't necessarily consider ourselves to be a, a remote company um we very much have an office culture but into separate locations and i think um the challenges are more around how do we facilitate communication between the teams so that um there is a common culture um or a, a common feeling of being part of the same team and the, the same vision and same company. And, um, I think daily standouts where everyone is involved helps. I think regular uh, regular trips also helps, um, but uh, I think we definitely wouldn't have been able to do this without um, you know video conferencing or or slack for sure.
0: yeah uh, and when you were starting legislate, what are some of the ways that you were able to get word out to your prospective clients and customers?
1: we Obviously, like most startups reach out to our friends or network and, and family etc to get those very first uh, early adopters mm-hmm. but um, I think beyond that, uh, right from the beginning, we would publish content on our blog to explain the problem that we're solving or to explain the different contracts that we offer mm-hmm. um, without necessarily thinking of what that could lead to, but more that um, it's a great way of uh, proving our credibility um, and explaining what we do uh, and, and helping differentiate ourselves versus maybe an e-signature platform or a temp- template provider. Um, what ended up happening is our content started to do really well uh, organically um, and that then made us think actually uh, SEO could be a great investment for us because um especially in the legal world, there are so many topics to explain and cover. Right. Um, and especially if you don't want to use a lawyer, you're probably going to search for a solution online, um, which kind of became uh, a unexpected but great way for us to find customers. And um, I'd say today 90% of our client base has just been inbound uh, through our content. Um, And, um, and it's been great also for helping shape the product. It's been great for helping identify gaps in our offering. And, um, we haven't, we've only just really started to do outbound, but, um, I think there's a lot of data that we're we're capturing to fuel the outbound.
0: Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And it's something that I've also seen. I, I am not an SEO expert, but I have people on my team who are really good at it and, it's been really fascinating because you hear about it and you hear about how wonderful it can be for your business, but you don't really, it's like, okay, that's just another strategy I have to spend time on. Right. Um, But I've been able to see us use it for as growth strategies for clients. And it's been phenomenal to say, oh yeah, just by posting blog content with not just posting, right. Using the right keywords, talking, being really showing that you are the expert on your topic is such a great way to, add that inbound growth to your website and get those leads and referrals in.
1: Absolutely. And the great thing about uh, any form of content is once you've made that investment, um, it isn't lost. You're not, it's not like an ad, you you know, the ad switches off as soon as you've run out of budget. Right. Um, You're not going to unpublish your article as soon as you've, you know, spent the money (laughs) to produce it. Right. So, um it, it it's really rewarding uh to see content do well um maybe you will take six months for it to do well but you know the same piece of content will do well and um um we're not necessarily at our stage focused too much on uh acquisition costs but um the great thing about seo is um the acquisition costs go down in time because the production cost is fixed but the number of potential clients is uh infinite so um yeah, it's uh, it's definitely not something that we planned, but um, it's turned out to be a great fit for our business.
0: Yeah, wonderful. Now, um, when you started the company, did you self fund? Were you able to get funding, financing? Did you bootstrap?
1: Uh, I wish I could say we bootstrapped, but uh, <laughs> we uh, started with some angel funding. And then um, after we built an MVP, uh, we're able to get some venture capital funding.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Because uh, I know a lot of people in the United States particularly, I mean, there's there are barriers to getting funding sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think made the difference for you when you were going out to VCs and you were going out to get funding?
1: I, um, I agree absolutely on the barriers to funding. Um, I think uh, at the end of the day, in my case in particular, um, I really just focused on the investors that knew me through mm. the previous startup where I worked, where they had invested so that they could then see the track record within that business. But Oh, nice. Beyond that initial pool of investors, I, um, I was a nobody. I'm still a nobody, but um, I, I felt that um, I probably wouldn't secure investment from them. So I just... Mm. Really, just focused on a handful of angels to start with, and then the handful of VCs that were investors in that startup. And uh, luckily, I I did get one, a couple of yeses. And I think that's the the key thing about um, fundraising is first of all to target investors that know you and understand what you do and see the potential. Um, and, and I think it, it sounds simple, but um, a lot of investors won't necessarily understand your space or understand the, the business model or the potential. Mm-hmm. So um, just by focusing on those who do, and again, it's easier said than done, but focusing on those who do makes life easier. And then they need to you know be able to trust you. And and that trust either comes through a direct relationship or um, by having common connections that can kind of vouch for you. And, um, and I think once you've done that in a, Initial pool, then you can grow your pool, grow your network, and then uh, hopefully go up the food chain. But um, I'd say that's how we we did it, and hopefully, as we become better known um, and get better metrics, then we can kind of start to go outside of that initial network.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for that. And the, in the UK, I know in the United States, I work with some startups that um, are always. It seems like there's a pitch competition every week almost, and they're going to get, you know, to win the money and get more publicity so then they can reach out to more VCs and angels. Do you have the same kind of structure in the UK where there's different, you know, um, incubator groups and uh, startup competitions and things like that?
1: Um, I think there are definitely a few, but um, it definitely won't be as big as, uh, for example, uh, in the US with Y Combinator. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. and i also think uh in the us there's maybe a, a bit more appreciation that in- investing is i wouldn't say it's betting but um mm. there's a lot of unknowns and therefore um especially when you're early stage there's there isn't um, as much of a need to do deep analysis it's very much around the problem the team and then is it a good fit yeah uh, where i think uh in europe there's um I would say more aversion there's potentially more aversion to risk and mm. uh potentially more of an interest in uh what are the unit economics because um if and and that's also for example why uh uber was founded in the u s not in mm. in Europe.
0: <laughs> wow so i'm i'm I love this because we're covering so many things um and I'm learning things that I didn't know, for instance, what you just shared about Uber and uh, the different models um, and investment, you know, processes and thoughts between our different countries. What is the, what's your favorite moment uh, since you started Legislate?
1: I, I think it was after we got our first um, round of institutional funding because mm-hmm. it was uh, a validation of. The, the product, the market, um, and our vision. And um, and that really allowed us to become a real company, uh, if that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What is next? Um, you're going to move into the United States, and are you going to add other product capabilities?
1: Yeah, we've done a good job so far at uh, making the data usable for mm-hmm. our clients. On the one hand, so that they can track start dates, renewals, and whatever it is that they're interested in tracking. Also, allowing them to understand high-level metrics about the data in their contracts, like total payroll, um, and answer questions in a Mm -hmm. dynamic and engaging way. Um, But if you think about, you know, our goal of automating end-to-end processes, um, a a contract is often just the beginning of Mm -hmm. a process. So when you hire an employee, you'll create the employment contract. But you then maybe need to generate uh, policy documents. Maybe you then need to set up payroll. You then need to set up maybe uh, pension contributions. Uh, whatever it is that's described in the contract eventually needs to be uh, executed. So really, what we want to do is uh, empower that connection from the contract to those systems so that there's minimal friction. And more importantly, the data within across all those systems is consistent and compatible with what's in the contract. Because even going to, for example, the example of uh, an invoice, the majority of invoice have payment terms which contradict what's in the contract. Um, why? Because there's no communication between the contract and the invoice or the person creating the contract and the person right. generating the invoice. So what we want to do is establish all those mappings so that you can generate anything that's described yeah. in the contract in a consistent and compatible way
0: wonderful Uh, and for those who are not in the uk currently but want to get on a list so that when you're available in their country can we just go to the website and sign up
1: anyone can create an account um, Mm -hmm. and anyone can start a trial for free Um, at at the end of the day uh it'll it'll be a great way to kind of test the product and Mm. there's a lot of improvements that are coming um to the user experience as well but um i say that's the probably the best way to to keep in touch
0: wonderful and if uh somebody wanted to follow you on social media on whether it's linkedin or other platforms so they can really get more insight into who you are as an entrepreneur and the product what is the best way for them to do that
1: uh linkedin is probably the best okay um there aren't that many trials
0: breaks. So. <laughs> okay, yeah. fantastic. And um, is there anything else that you'd like to share for entrepreneurs who are on their starting their journey and trying to figure out this whole world? Because I, I know that this what you're the the issue that you're solving is one of the biggest issues that we all have as entrepreneurs. Quite honestly.
1: I think as an entrepreneur, it can be very tempting to uh, save money on legal. Mm. Um, you might want to use a template from a friend or a client. Um, and whilst you might think you're saving thousands in legal fees, um, if you're not careful, you can end up taking on a huge amount of risk, which can you know, close your business. Um or if you're lucky and um but you know not re- taking this so much risk that you need to close your business, you then would need to spend thousands on fixing the problem uh with with lawyers. And and so I think it, it's really important to um use the right types of legal resources uh for, for every single stage. You know, you definitely uh use a lawyer if you need legal advice. But um, when it comes to actually uh, generating documents, um, try and find um, solutions which are compatible with your problem or or what you need to achieve so that you can at least have uh, a strong legal footing and and then follow good, good practices when creating those contracts, ensure that you are tracking the data or using a system to track the data. Because again, if ever you... Um, do you go through for any formal due diligence, uh, whether it's for an investor, whether it's for tax authorities, whether it's for a client, um, you being able to answer those questions very quickly will become a competitive advantage.
0: Nice. Thank you. Uh, and Charles, is there a favorite quote or mantra that you live by or that you like to look at to keep inspiring you in your business?
1: Um, I think, uh, it's just to keep pushing.
0: (laughs) Keep pushing. That's when we can all, all, uh, abide by. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, we will have links to your website in the show notes for everybody who's listening or reading. If you're reading the transcript of this episode, or if you're watching this on YouTube, um, you'll have all of the information that you need to reach out to legislate and learn how you can use it to improve your processes and streamline your business much more effectively and uh, to get everything that you need done as an entrepreneur or small business. So um, Charles, thank you again for being on the show and to our listeners, thank you for coming back for another great expert on your brand amplified. and I'll be back again in a few days. Want more? Check out amplifywithannika.com or follow me on socials at Amplify with Annika.